We walked all over in Ann Arbor and couldn't find any place to eat because they were all crowded. <laughs> I told John that was a cheap date. <laughs> One thing was another, and here we are now, right? Yeah. And, uh, Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 25 of season five of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide. This week, we have a very special episode for you that was recorded back in October in Houghton, Michigan. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and one of our usual co-hosts, Rob Gilreath, and I were lucky enough to get the chance to sit down with Jerry McGinnis at her apartment in the Bluff Retirement Community overlooking Houghton Hancock. Before we get to that, we'll take a short break for our sponsors. Please come back and enjoy our hour-long conversation with the matriarch of the Michigan Tech Huskies. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A Tech.net. So welcome to the podcast this week. Thanks for joining us, Jerry. This is great to have you on. Well, it's been a lot of fun so far yeah. so far yeah we've been setting up in her uh, apartment here in houghton for for over a half hour so um we got everything set up and recording now um you know thanks for having us it's re- it's really nice of you to uh to to get back to cal after i asked him only yesterday if we could do this and uh, thanks for having us over here so we could talk to you you're very welcome um uh rob did you want to start with your first question yeah. that you had there yeah let me grab iPad down here, Scott. My notes. I don't use a notebook anymore, right? You gotta have everything on something fancy. <laughs> um, well, Rob's pulling that up. I will start off by uh, Matt Cavender, who usually does the podcast with us, but he's down in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. He wanted to uh, uh, just one of the first things he wanted to say, and I think this is a good place to start, is is uh, that we wanted you to know how much you mean to the hockey community up here and the fans all over that are going to be listening to this podcast. We've been listened to in, I believe it's 48 states and about 50 countries so far. Right. Now, I will admit that I'm guessing for the most part, it is tech fans that got sent somewhere. I think we had one of our friends somebody, uh, admit that. Somebody uh, admitted he's the, there's a 
A tech graduate that listens from, I think, Milan, Italy, because he's over there doing his graduate program now. Oh. Yeah. So, so we were trying to figure out how Lombardy, Italy is one of the top 15, like, states that we have most listens in in the entire world. So that was kind of cool. Um, well, it's, uh, yeah. the, the program has been, uh, uh, meant a lot to me, too, because I still hear from so many former players and, and have the opportunity to visit with them. So it, uh, it it works both ways. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's, you're a mainstay of of the McGinnis Arena, right? I mean, the name's there. You're, you're there most games, right? Up until this year, yes. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, I um, have some back problems and don't okay. get around. I had to give up driving, which was very difficult. <laughs> sure, no, sure. I, I can understand that. Yep. But uh, it's it's one of those things that we. I almost at this point have the blue key speech memorized, right? Because it's the same one every year that before you speak, right? Uh, the, the blue key president comes up and gives it, but then your speech comes up and it's you're, you're out in front of the entire arena. You're speaking to everybody from the heart, and it's it's a wonderful part of of what we all get to see and remember with tech hockey, right? So, well, the community and the university and the athletic department have been very good to us, and. Uh, as I said last winter carnival, to keep John's legacy going for 40 years since he died has been a lot to our family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, well, I guess it's a good place to start, too, then. You know, a lot of us know John's story. It's always told, right? What's your story? How did you, how did you end up meeting John and everything? What, what's that side of it? Well, we were both students at the University of Michigan. I was a year ahead of him because he did senior matriculation in Canada. So, And uh, it was, and they, it just so happened that we lived in rooming houses next door to each other. And um, in those days, we only had five days Christmas vacation. So, okay. So we were back in school, and uh, New Year's Eve of 1945, uh, somebody hollered, hey, the guys next door want to know if anybody wants to go out and find something to eat. <laughs> so my roommate and I joined John and Al Renfrew. Sure. Well, there's a couple of big hockey names. Yeah. <laughs> we, we walked all over in Ann Arbor and couldn't find any place to eat because they were all crowded. <laughs> I told John that was a cheap date. <laughs> One thing was to another, and yeah. here we are now, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so our friendship just grew from there. Sure. Ah, it's a perfect start to it. It's amazing how... A little bit of that coincidence brings things together, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> makes a great, it makes a good story. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, fast forward in a little bit, how do you guys get up to Houghton? You know, John obviously comes up as the coach, but what's the, what's the move like for you to come up this way? Well, um, we were living in Ann Arbor, and um, John had worked for a company that was in Plymouth, Michigan, and they decided to move to Tennessee, and we didn't want to make that move. And so he got another job in Ann Arbor, and evidently, which I didn't know, Al Bovard had called John in June asking about the possibility of him coming up here. And um, anyway, when John started the new job, he, he didn't like it very well. So when Al Bovard called back in August... 
um, we decided to come up and take a look at the situation. Sure. <laughs> August is a wonderful time to visit the Copper Country no matter when, right? <laughs> yes. And uh, I had never been to the UP. Of course, John had played up here when he was playing at Michigan. Sure. And uh, the reputation was, you know, there's a lot of snow up there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and um, so he uh, interviewed and uh, they showed us around I remember John saying, after he'd been in the D and examined things, and he said, my peewees have better equipment than they do. <laughs> but then when we got on the plane to go back to Ann Arbor, uh, he said, I think that would be quite a challenge. And I knew then that we were going to be moving. A happy challenge, right? <laughs> and so a couple of weeks later, sold our house, and we're on the way back um, about the middle of September. And that was the start of the first season with him up here? Right. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. It was 1956. Right. Yeah. So down in the D, the, the chain link fences around everything. Yes. I mean, yes. That's, you know, we talked a little bit about wanting to see what the Copper Country was like when the industry was going, but getting to see a hockey game in the D when it was the way it was would have been amazing too, right? Right. Yes. Seeing the old pictures. What's the, what was the atmosphere like at games down there? Well, yeah, it was, as you know, our students and community <laughs> are great hockey fans. And so it was, uh, yeah, just like that. Yeah, of course, we, with a lot fewer numbers. Sure, sure. Well, that's but, a little bit so of a smaller you're all right there, right? Yeah, yeah you're right on top of everything. And, yeah. And uh, that's why my seats at the, the arena now are in approximately the same position they used to call me the blue line coach <laughs> sure <laughs> watching offsides yeah. before the cameras did right <laughs> yeah. No. yeah the d is a, a wonderful spot it's a I mean, we did a rental uh every wednesday night when i was in school didn't play hockey at all a bunch of I, I played soccer like my dad did right and a bunch of us uh jumped in and that was our rental and just walking through those doors knowing it's the same spot that the tech program had been for years you know national title teams played there right yes everybody from other schools came in there and of course uh, our children were young um, our daughter was two and scott was four when we moved up here so uh, they've been through the mill too <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yep so we'll go through the d and trying to think because the d would have been there for the first two titles right I'm trying to think exactly yes. the history on the top yes. of my head. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So those first two teams were down at the D. You know, we get people complaining about having to come to Houghton now and travel into the SDC. Were there any opposing coaches or fans stories that they, you know, what was their thoughts on coming in? Do you know anything well, there? The, the, it was a different atmosphere when we first moved into the, the new arena. And there were some complaints. And, uh, but after... And we didn't have that great a season, if I remember correctly. And uh, once we started winning, uh, it got back to what it should have been. It solves a lot of trouble when the games are going well, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's your bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when uh, we were, neither Tim and I were around. We, we got our start uh, when, when things were rough, right? And we yes. get to hear about uh, hear about what it was like when when things were going extremely well for the program. Uh, 
John brought that to tech, right? He's the one that, that made all of that happen. Um, but we also have, we've had the rough years and now we're back again. What's it like to watch the program kind of do its ups and downs over the last, you know? Well, the game and everything has changed so radically. Um, I'm sort of a purist. <laughs> it's become very commercial, of course. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, but the uh, enthusiasm in the students and the community has not changed. It's even gotten better. I, uh, Scott said that the students were really great this last weekend. So The first text message I got from my mom is I had to take my hearing aid out. <laughs> That's a good thing. Well, I know, Which she might I, not want me saying that, but whatever. I know all the time. Like, one of the best results of COVID from the hockey perspective is that none of the students knew that only section L used to stand and now they all do. Yeah. The whole student side is standing part, like 90 some percent of them are standing the whole game. And that never yeah. used to be the way it was. Yeah. Um, and that's a great thing that just kind of organically came out of not having fans for a year Yep, that it just kind of reset and now they all stand. And that's pretty cool for everybody that that's made that change and to, uh, uh, to kind of pivot on that. Um, Beth Lynn, who was once a Misfits president, and I don't know if you know this, but I created Mitch's Misfits oh, you back did. in 2004. Okay. Um, so before Mitch's Misfits, um, was there ever much of a student section, at least in like the, the John McGinnis student ice arena era? Well, of course, just the one side uh, was designated as a student side. Yeah. and uh, But there was never a, a significant place for leadership in the student group yeah and uh, but um, our arenas has always been known as a hard place for visiting teams to come to because of the atmosphere it's one of my favorite things as a kid growing up on some of the things that have changed that i've you know from my perspective is the the pep band used to be behind the goalie right they uh just listening to the pep band as a kid was always great Mm-hmm. You know, not not the music side of things, but uh, the, the harassment, if you will, side of things from the yeah. pep band was always good, right? The 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 sneaking around that they used to do is one of the things I distinctly remember yes. as a little kid. Yeah. Like oh, that was so cool right. watching them like pop out in the students and do their little thing, and then yeah. go behind the the goalie when he was on yep. the other end and all that. Like I miss that part of it, and that's kind of the part of where you're talking about the commercialization and how much less time the pep band gets now than they used to because there's more ads and there's more commercials to be played and like and now too there's less commercial breaks that the ccha has shifted to one two minute break instead of three one minute breaks a period but yeah it's i do miss all of those little things that made the pep band more unique they're they're already weird and crazy in their own way (laughs) but all those little things that they used to do and I understand why they're not underneath the suites because nobody's dropping that money to be bombarded by the pep band right there. <laughs> like, I get that. But it does take a little something away from mm-hmm. what it was, for sure. But the the band, even when we were in uh, the D, uh, they re- were up on the balcony. Yeah. Were they on the far side when you came in then? Or no, were they directly no, they like, were right above like where the skate park right was by, for a while? Um, it would have been the northwest corner. Okay. And um, so, yeah, 
they've always they kind of hung over friend. top of the ice there then right yes. it was actually yes. like yeah. directly on the ice yeah that'd be rough for opposing teams <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was uh, the band director his name was b franz schubert <laughs> <laughs> and uh they've always been a part of it in uh a great deal of the the enthusiasm yeah. that we get it's uh, it's incredible yeah. and the the traditions that they bring are different than the misfit traditions so yeah. they play yeah. off each other so well in the arena now it's it's wonderful to see yeah when i've been in some of the other arenas uh it's just no comparison to yep. the enthusiasm and the noise we get yeah we've been we've been fortunate enough to travel a lot too and there's something about coming home to the atmosphere here that's awesome. I also love when the Pepin gets to travel too, right? So yes. when they get to go to away things. And the uh, the viewing in our arena is much better than most places. And I've been told, I don't know whether it's true, that um, they don't allow that steep Yeah, a new stadium could not be as steep as ours now. without... Like, like I think the top section of like the XL is as steep as ours, but they have like extra railings. Like sure. every row mm-hmm. has like a railing in front of it, so that if you fall, you're not. Yeah the uh, the only place I can think of, and this may just be a small kid's perspective, is the deck in Duluth. Used to scare the crap out of me as a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the same because that was more of like like the tiers. Okay, like, it was more yeah. like when you got sure. to the bottom, there was a big the. The like the walkway in front of the front row of seats. There's a big drop to like like bench seats underneath that. Do you know if that was a specific part of putting together kind of the plan for the the arena when the SEC opened was to make it that atmosphere and keep people on top? I'm not sure about that aspect of it, but uh, I can remember John sitting over blueprints. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) My one contribution to the arena is. A door in and a door out to the restrooms. <laughs> that's a very welcome. Rather than yep. one door yep. nope, coming and going. That's a very welcome spot. No, nope, I think we all appreciate that. You get I, those I lines at, at the period breaks, and yeah, it's nice that they flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, uh, now that they have the pro shop there, and, and uh, originally the uh, arena stood alone, yep. and the STC wasn't part of it yet. Okay. And... Uh, so, and when you were speaking of the railings, it made me think of when the arena was due to open, we Blue Line members were up there painting railings and <laughs> oh, doing really? some finishing <laughs> touches. Sure. And because um, they had, the budget was over with. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and afford painters. Got it. Right. And so the Blue Line members uh, came together and were doing some of the finishing touches for us. Yep, I still will call the one section the Blue Line Room, anyways. I mean, that's where I grew up. That was the Blue Line Room, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, it's a, it's, it's been a wonderful facility. And even though it's, it was what seventy two, I want to say somewhere around there is when it opened, right? Somewhere around there, seventy two. Yeah, okay, seventy two. So, it, you go to all these other rinks that are brand spanking new, and the McGinnis has kept. It, oh, it works. Listen, it still yeah. works. We've been very proud of the uh, people that take care of the arena, from the managers down to the, the guys that sweep the floor and empty yep. the garbage, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because when you uh, leave that 
rink on Friday night and you come back on Saturday, it's spick and span. It is. It's wonderful. And uh, yes, uh, last year, or no, it was the year that the rink was 50 years old. I uh, remembered that uh, that was one of the things that I pointed out was that we were very fortunate have that rink in such good shape over all these years yep it's been kept up wonderfully and any the changes have been done in a way that makes sense yeah i mean you know, like look the, at it look at what jamie russell did with those suites like mm-hmm. that was a great addition the way he did that and then i think he was also responsible for swapping out the seats to be more of tech colors and that was were a you nice here change. for the were you here for the old seats or not oh yeah oh, okay. i have a couple yeah. of them in yeah. my garage okay. yeah. i can't remember i don't know where it happened i don't remember what I, year it happened but yeah i broke one of them standing on it to cheer for them <laughs> sure. against somebody like my seat i don't i didn't get my seat in the the seat rip out because they wouldn't do that although i think bethlen got a special treatment for that so she got hers but mine was like section l Row three, seat four, I think. Four and five were where Justin and I usually stood. And seat four has a crack in it for me, jumping up on it for Well, that's one one silly question that maybe you know an answer to is, do you know how the colors got picked for the three seats? Like the original (laughs) colors? They were wooden seats. Yep, yep. yep. And I must say, they were warmer. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely (laughs) were, yeah. (laughs) Than the plastic. Sure. But um, so um, I think they were... I can't remember that they were different colors. Yeah, we had it. There was a, it was green. a band of green, a band of orange, and a band of yellow yep. tinted okay. or stained. Wood. It always reminded me of Easter colors as a kid, oh. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I have a couple orange seats at home because that was the lower section of the seats. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and there's so many changes in the arena now. Is there From, one of them that would be your favorite? Well, um, of, of course, the... the the locker room they have now is just it's <laughs> amazing, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that they have the the Grant Center, yeah, yeah, uh, where they have the Huskies Lounge, and because in the original, uh, the Huskies Lounge was down on under the uh, where the training room and everything is now. Okay, and uh, John's office was under the seats <laughs> sure sure <laughs> yeah. he, he went from a, an office at german gym um in an old broom closet <laughs> under the seats <laughs> under the seats at the arena but uh yeah there was um and the skate room for sharpening skates and whatnot was back in the uh, southeast corner. Yeah, it used to or be. Or southwest did it, corner. Did it used to have like a little door you could yeah. like hand them in. Yeah, I remember yeah. that as a kid too. That was there. <laughs> right. And uh, so, yeah, so many changes over the years. So. Yeah, it's it's kept up fantastically. I mean, it's, yep. and, between and the we, upkeep itself and then the upgrades, they've done mm-hmm. a fantastic job yeah. of keeping that building like classic yet modern. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, and, and the next step is obviously doing something to that uh what is that the east wall right and finding a way to uh blow that out and incorporate it nicely into something yes Uh and we've been very lucky to have uh, alums um donate money to Mm -hmm. make a lot of these improvements yeah yep the one thing i miss is the blue line room yep i'm with Uh, you we used to have a bigger (laughs) one over in, in the other corner and uh, so 
it's and the blue line has changed completely com- from what it was when we yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm sad the, there wasn't one today because it used you know, to. Yeah, we it were, used to be we in every. To used today. to be an every week thing. Every uh, every yep. week we had a blue line lunch, and in those days the referees would come, mm-hmm. and uh, too many NCAA rules have come about that uh, you can't do this and you can't do that. So, yep. And because the, the the blue line originally was a group of interested fans that did things for the players of yeah. course the the scholarships were not available in those days right yeah most of the players had jobs and uh so they would pack uh lunches for them when they had a bus trip sure sure <laughs> and so they'd have something to eat on the bus and uh, picnics for them to introduce the, the new players in the fall when they came and uh it's uh yeah it's just changed a lot Yep. And uh, I probably shouldn't say it, but the university got involved. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, they've got to make sure everything stays compliant yeah. without getting anybody in trouble, unfortunately, at yeah. this point. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I do. One of the my favorite memories as a kid was having the players out for the uh, feeding frenzies that they yeah. used to have in the 90s. Yeah. Right. And as a as a small kid in middle school or elementary school, having a bunch of hockey players out to pl- for dinner was unbelievably cool. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yes, people were very kind. And then as uh, you mentioned with new rules and regulations coming in and uh, even the housing, when we first came here, the guys lived in the shack, they called it, yep. which is one of the old um, barracks that uh, used to be out on uh, Ferry, well, it's, the engineer's field was, it was called Ferry Field for the football team mm-hmm. be, okay. behind Sherman Gym. Gotcha, okay. And um, the hockey shack was uh, on the lakeside behind DHH. Okay. And uh, There's a lot of room left back there. A <laughs> lot, lot of stories come out of the shack. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and... Uh, and when they tore the shack down, they took pieces of it and cut it up and uh, gave it to the guys. Oh, nice! <laughs> as a memory. <laughs> yeah, that uh, it's always a. Uh, it's crazy to see again. We're talking about how much campus has changed too, right? I mean, you wouldn't know that there was stuff back there anymore if you yes. look at old pictures, right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, so Matt, um, who who's usually on the podcast with us. Uh, I think this is a good question from where we are right now. What's your favorite memory of the program like over the last 10 years or so? Oh, boy. That's hard because there's so many memories. Well, share as many of them as you want. That's kind of why we're here. (laughs) Unfortunately, some of the memories were when um, big disappointments, when you you lost a tough game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they stick out. I mean, you know, Rob and I have... I'm still Both looking for a day where I get to see an NCAA win. Yeah. I've been to all of them. I haven't missed a single NCAA game yeah. since I've been alive. Yes. I haven't seen one, us win one. The only one I missed was Bridgeport because because uh, I had spent the, the three previous weeks following them to each of their conference tournament games and didn't uh, think I could get away with going out of town for a fourth straight weekend because <laughs> uh, we did Bemidji, Mankato, and then northern northern right yeah, that, yeah. Been the northern so that was i only missed one of those games because i missed the saturday game in mankato 
figuring they wouldn't win that one anyway because they lost Friday and then they won. So I went Sunday. So yeah, those that was a fun trip. Like the the did you get to go to Northern to watch that championship game? No, no. I uh, I with to most of the NCAs. Okay. Um, but the um, and I remember John's big problem was that winning that NCAA championship because we were in a lot of the tournaments yep. and we got the reputation and we couldn't win the big one. <laughs> oh, sure. And so in 75, when we had the last one, was a big accomplishment for him before he died. Yeah. And uh, But there were other times when we should have should have won. Well, I know, I know um, all the guys that we have, um, like when you look at the math and the, how good and who they beat and all that stuff, that the, both the 74 and 76 team were are better. probably better teams, but they didn't win the championship yeah. against the Gophers. They won in 75. As a matter of fact, just recently, my, um, we had some old reel-to-reel tape, and my grandson was able to digitize it okay. and put it on YouTube. And it was in 1962. Okay. We had won the league, and the playoff situation was different, and we had to go to Ann Arbor for the first round of the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> John was livid about that. <laughs> that was when Red Berenson was playing. What he was, okay. Okay. For Michigan. Yeah. And uh, so uh, to go down to Ann Arbor, and win, which we did, sure. was really, <laughs> you know, sort of giving it to him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, John did not make the trip back to Houghton. He went on to Toronto. And um, Bill Lucier was the assistant. And um, so the the welcoming at the union was um, with Bill Lucier and the team. Sure. And uh, so that's what's on YouTube. Okay. And uh, the other one that he digitized was the dedication of the McInnes student. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Be, this will be cool. good to see. And, yes, you can go we'll on YouTube. We'll have to figure out how to find them. <laughs> yeah. I know we have digitized. Somebody's um, got the... Well, we have the 1970... The full, yeah, the full game is on YouTube for one of the championship, championship? games. Yeah. So okay. you, can, you can sit back and watch the whole game. A yes. little birdie gave us that. So yeah, we that, posted it. that one's up there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's the the craziest thing to me when you watch hockey from even even early 90s, but even going back farther, it's just how different the pace is, how different the play is. It's the same sport, but it sometimes doesn't even feel like it, right? Yes. Yeah, it's you very know? different. I, re- I remember the 62 championship in Utica, and um, we had a fan tr- train yeah, <laughs> don't have those that anymore. Went from here to Utica. Um, oh, would that be a wonderful way to go? The yeah. president of the university was, um, oh no, the name slips me. Anyway, his wife was on the train with us. Sure. And uh, we went out to Utica. And um, when we won the championship, um, I happened to be on the um, plane because John let, it was the end of the semester. John let some of the guys go directly home. Okay. And so there was room for me on the plane because ordinarily I wasn't allowed to travel with the team. And when we 
flew into Houghton. The cars were parked <laughs> from the airport all down US 41. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> and, yeah, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. And a, a great greeting. And as I said, they um, often had welcoming home at the Memorial Union. Okay. Where the guys Somewhere on campus yeah. and they get yeah. uh, get a little reception there. Right. Oh, nice. So. They do kind of the similar thing. Like you see the high school teams that sometimes will get the, the escort across the Mackinac, right? When a UP team comes back from state championships, right? Yes. Houghton will get that for hockey. Lakeland has had it for football, right? Yeah. Calumet for volleyball, that kind yeah. of stuff, right? The fire engines come out. <laughs> yeah. Each, yeah. Each little town of the UP brings the route and escorts you through town. It's one of my favorite parts about the UP. That's just an awesome thing. Yeah. But as a matter of fact, um, I gave a few remarks in that uh, 62 um, welcoming home, and uh, I quoted. I guess we had played um, Denver at the end of the season, okay, and mm-hmm. we beat them. And when they came back to the airport in the crowd, then I heard some guy say, Well, I'll cheer for them when they beat Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and so when they beat Michigan, <laughs> I said, If you're in the crowd, you better be cheering. <laughs> It's fun that the the rivalries like that, you know, they, they still are there, right? Everybody, that's the fun part about sport. Right. <laughs> it makes it. And it was always great because in the old days, we were allowed to have the referees and the visiting coaches in our home. Sure. And uh, got together like that. And then when they started the coaches meetings in Florida, we got to know so many of them a lot better. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's changed a lot. Yeah. yeah. I've been trying to figure out if I can somehow make that a uh, write-off for me to go happen to be in Fort Myers at the same time. Just to yes. see who you can see. <laughs> yeah. Just so I can talk to some coaches right. yeah. and, and everything else. And Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, Do we have any questions that we haven't hit from the listener folks that we yeah, want to we make sure we got a couple more. Okay. So uh, Bethlyn, uh, we asked about the Misfits question earlier, also wanted to know if you have... Uh, any favorite players over the time that you've been up here and maybe some stories about um, interactions with players. And she said both on and off ice for her favorite, favorite players. Well, it's, it's hard to pick out any favorites, (laughs) but uh, Jerry Sullivan um, was a great captain and a great player. And of course, standouts like Luann Gotti and, um, Tony Esposito, although t- Tony and John didn't get around long. <laughs> well, <I don't> <laughs> Tony was not a practice goaltender. Oh, sure. And so, so John would get a little upset with him. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet Joe would too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we've we've been close to a lot of them, and uh, as I said, um, I've stayed in touch with so many of them, and. Um, a little over a month ago was a birthday, and I kept getting emails from the guys from different places. And um, the year that I turned 90, um, Darcy Way put the word out. And <laughs> so, so I kept getting all this mail. And um, out where I live on the lake there, um, we have a lockbox. And so the, one day the mailman came to the door and said, uh, I had something to sign, that I had to sign. It was registered. 
And he said, is something special going on? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting too <laughs> much? The mailbox is full, huh? Yeah. And the thing I had designed for happened to be from a player who was in Australia. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Yeah, the, the reach is worldwide, right? Everywhere. Yeah. And, and uh, after John died, I did quite a bit of traveling. And no matter where I went, it seemed that there would be a hockey player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I sure. went to Alaska. Uh, George Bell and Eddie Shellington both lived there. And George was the superintendent of a gold mine up there. Okay. So I got to get on the bush plane and go up oh, and, and get a tour of the gold mine and the operation. Sure. And um, then when I came home from, I, from Alaska, stopped in Vancouver Jerry Fabro and his family picked me up. Sure, <laughs> sure. I stayed there. Even in, in Hawaii, um, Dick Saradsky and Willie Tattersall lived there, and we got to see them. That was when John was still living. And um, in England, I stayed with uh, Mike O'Connor. <laughs> so it was just no matter where I went. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, one of them said... Well, we're just paying our dues back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. So I that, mean, you, you wear your wonderful. Michigan Tech gear wherever you go, and you'll always run into somebody mm-hmm. everywhere. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's 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 great. Yeah. Um, it's just a great community overall. I mean, we've got, like I said, even just the like I am honestly amazed at the support that our podcast gets, yeah, we, we, and and how quickly. Like I don't know if you heard the story last year, but. We raised enough money to send a second bus to Allentown of students. Oh. And we raised that money like uh, uh, Joel told me how much it would cost, or I forget who, or somebody in Suzanne's office told me how much it would cost on like Sunday, or, or I asked about it on Sunday. On Monday, they gave me a price, and by Tuesday, we had more than enough money to pay for the bus because of our listeners. Yes. And and friends that I've made, like I had friends from college that came out of the woodwork from Facebook and everything else donate enough. And, and like we sent the Misfits, like 40 of them to Allentown for yeah, free. They had, a, they had a wait list that was big enough to start justifying a second bus. And I I, I was surprised when I heard the band was there too. Yeah. So, yep. you know, uh, the support we get from our alums is absolutely wonderful. And my uh, four grandchildren are... There's a couple in Denver, one in California, and one in Seattle. And um, they're always telling stories of, oh, I had my Michigan Tech sweatshirt on, and somebody stopped me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I uh, wintered in Arizona for a few years and um, in a retirement uh, trailer park. And I went up to the mail room one day and trying to get something straightened out. And I said, no, my name is spelled M-A-C-I-N-N-E-S. <laughs> and the guy standing beside, behind me said, like Coach McKenna's <laughs> Yeah. So I, I went Something to, like that, yeah. <laughs> I went to a, a Minnesota Wild game when John Scott was playing for them. Mm, yeah. And we're wearing our Michigan Tech jerseys, and we're in the upper deck, like, nosebleed seats we did go down like front row to like say hi to them during warm-ups and whatnot but we're sitting in the upper deck and this random 
elderly gentleman turns to us and goes, did you guys go to Michigan Tech? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, I used to play there. I played for Denver in the 60s. And it was just like, it's so cool. Like, that's what I love about the college hockey community is that connection that you get all over the place in like the most random ways ever. And And the guys stay together, too. Yeah. I know they get, have a get-together for a golf outing out in Arizona, usually every summer. And, uh, of course, when we played out there, we had great support. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I was down uh, there for a couple of the games that have been yeah, down that way. Yep. And uh, one of the guys had uh, sponsored a, a golf outing for everybody. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. There's nothing like it. Yeah, the alumni association uh, had had you know like always had something before one of the games, and John Scott was at one that one too. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in line at at the bar with John, and a guy behind us actually fell over. Uh, an older alumni fell over, and the paramedics came and they wanted to bring him to the hospital to check him out. And uh, his story in the end was, I haven't seen a tech hockey game in so many years. There's no way you're taking me to the hospital. I'm going to the game. And then had, we they, then will make me go to the hospital. They yeah. made him sign the, I'm not going to take you to the hospital release form before the paramedics would leave. Yep. But, you know, he was insistent. It was his first time getting to see a hockey oh, game in how many years. Yeah. He wasn't missing it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that type of support's everywhere. And there are times when uh, John and I, uh, after hockey season and everything was set for the summer that if we were be traveling visiting friends or something and uh, one year we went to uh, St. Louis because a couple of our players were, were playing for the Blues sure and uh, we were in the hotel and the phone rang and somebody said uh, is this coach McInnes and he said yes he said well, I'm a tech alum, and I saw you down in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of good things have come from it for me and my family. Yeah. So, so David Cummings asked, and I think this fits well with what you just talked about. Is what what are you most proud of about Michigan Tech hockey? The way they've been, they at least I don't know how it is now. But when John had the team, they were had certain orders. They had to wear a suit and a tie when they were out and about in the hotel or town. They could be leisure on the bus. Um, I remember there was an incident in Denver when year when there was a fight, <laughs> and uh, John made the player go and apologize. I guess after the game, and the next thing he knows, he got a letter from the president of the University of Denver um, complimenting him on how he had handled it. Sure. <laughs> um, so it was things like that that uh, that meant a lot. Well, and I know one thing that I think both Rob and I have always been proud of is how much John cared about the student side, right? Oh, and yeah. how much the academics was important. And I think um, well, most the- of the coaches since John, have done a very good job of prioritizing academics. Like, you are here to get a degree and play hockey, not yes. get not play hockey and go to school. Like, student yeah. wasn't a big part of student-athlete up here. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That was his main uh, desire, that they get their education. And I also remember um, it was during the Vietnam War, and there was sort of a rumble on campus that some of the students were going to 
uh, lock up the doors and not let anybody attend class. And I happened to be at a church meeting that evening, and uh, John called me and said, uh, I won't be home until late. And the administration, Harold Meese, the dean of students, God bless Harold, he was wonderful. And they got these students together, and they were trying to iron out things. And Harold called John because he said he knew the students would listen to John. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and fortunately, they ended up with a peace, peaceful solution. And uh, so that, that made him feel good as well as mates and all that. He was esteemed by the students. Sure. Yeah. Well respected. And I think it went both ways too, right? Like the naming of the arena, right? Right. And the reason was, students on there yeah. it was at John's insistence, wasn't it? And it was, yeah, you know, it was the students that got the, the rink built. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he had uh, gone, done a lot of lobbying at the fraternities and various organizations and talking about how we needed a new rink. And lo and behold, student council got them going and said they would accept a tuition hike to help pay the bonds yep. for the rink. So, yeah, and that's why... In the name of the rink, this it always has to say "Stay Students." Yep, <laughs> because it was really their rink. Yep, yeah, it's it's that's one of those little I think really cool stories of hockey, uh, tech hockey history is how that mm -hmm. happened. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's it's something to be really proud of in both ways, right? Yeah. The students stepped up and helped pay for it, but John and the administration then honors the students with the name. It's yeah. it's a wonderful story. Yeah. yeah. And it's and I I think my favorite part of learning that story is the fact that Mike, who usually writes our old dog in Texas column for Tech Hockey Guide, was actually one of the students that spoke at the opening of the arena. Oh, okay. Which, which is kind of a cool little nugget for our listeners. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Now that's what's on that um, YouTube yeah. podcast. Yeah, so, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe Mike, Mike did share it. that yeah. because at that time uh, a student council president said. They would like to have it named the McGinnis. Sure. Well, that didn't happen for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and there were there were always things with the administration <laughs> that you had to deal with. Sure, sure. And uh, so they, uh, it was a, a good friend, uh, Art Karam, who worked for GM, I think, down in Saginaw. He was very instrumental in getting the name. Uh, John McGinnis on it, and he had also done a lot of work. You know, when the gym, the old gym was Sherman Gym. Yep. And Don Sherman had passed away before we arrived here, and so when they moved up to the new football field, there was and uh, took over the. It was called the Walker Art Center mm -hmm. then. Yep. This same Art Karam. I wanted to make sure that that Sherman name, the name didn't, didn't disappear. Go. Sure. So that's how the football arena got named the way it did. And, okay. Yeah. So it was Sherman Field. And uh, so it took people like that to do all these things, you know. It wasn't just one or two people. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the current students now don't realize, and you know, for folks that are listening maybe that don't know, is that Walker was 
that's where the basketball team played. There's a pool underneath some of the classrooms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. As a yeah. matter of fact, John pulled one of his hockey players out of that pool because yeah. <laughs> he had them swimming for sure. training. And saw one of them in the bottom. <laughs> Couldn't <Boy>. swim. <laughs> so, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there were, um, that was where all the coaches and, and the, Basketball and wrestling That's what the and everything was. was yeah. The, they had the the shooting gallery there and you know everything was in. Uh, I did gym. not know any. Yeah, you, you didn't know that was actually a gym. Yeah, nope. Walker was originally Sherman Gym. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only and reason they, I know that is because my dad talks about it. when he first got here. It was Sherman Fieldhouse, right? Yeah. And, and I had they, plenty of classes there too because mm-hmm. I took a bunch of like psychology sure. stuff and. Uh, yeah, um, they used to have the snowball there too. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Before the mob was <laughs> and, built, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, another aside. Um, at Winter Carnival, you know, the, there were no women hardly at all here. <laughs> That's one of the tech constants for the last how many years, right? <laughs> so Glad there, we got that nursing program approved so we can kind of <laughs> fix that ratio a little bit. So they used to have a bus come from lower Michigan <laughs> sure. with the girlfriends. <laughs> sure, sure. And they would come up for the snowball. And of course, sometimes they came without boots and yep. dancing clothes. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know what they were getting themselves into, did they? Yeah, that was quite a tradition. And I, I think John and I went to one snowball than that. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkeydental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Yeah, the Winter Carnival traditions are fun. I think we talked about that a little bit before we started recording, right? You've been on ice for how many years now? Yeah. Given a, given a short little speech uh, every year. And, of course, the hockey teams over the years have so many stories. Uh, Rick Yo had what he called – he told everybody he had a mongoose in this <laughs> in this crate. <laughs> this is Rick the student, not Rick the athletic director, right? Both. I, it's the same guy, or where, which, which yeah. stage was he? Yeah. Usually it was when he was the assistant coach okay. or, okay. or, assistant or coach. the player. Sure. Right. And he took it to Duluth in the lobby of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and he, kept, he built up this big story about this mongoose, you know, and, uh, oh, don't get too close. <laughs> And he has a trap door. It's a trap door that he he springs, and out flies this piece of fur. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody scrambles. <laughs> he's done that in hockey reunions. He's done it to individuals. It's, uh, of course, 
That's a classic. Sure, sure. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, Rick and, and Glenn Weller were really very instrumental in the recruiting process with John. Glenn was the first ever assistant, right? No. No. Bill Lucier was Bill the Lucier. first. Okay. And then um, Danny Farrell. Okay. We had Davey Confrey one year and Dave Draper for a couple of years. Okay. And uh, so that's, uh, yeah, Glenn and, and uh, Danny and, and Rick really did a great job. We owe a lot to them. Glenn just celebrated his 85th birthday. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Rick was Rick was athletic director when he's who I remember as a kid as being around, right? Yeah. So. He was athletic director when Misfits started. Yeah. I had yeah. lots of meetings with him. Sure, sure. Time yeah. Between... Uh, I don't know. There were way too many meetings trying to decide what I was and was not allowed to do at hockey games. <laughs> sure. I, I, I'm sure you remember this because you went to all the games, but I started Misfits by originally out of coming out of nowhere, becoming shirtless guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was lots of conversations between Jamie Russell and Rick Yo and public safety your shirt was about to be what I was on? allowed to do. Sure. Um, <laughs> I was I was told very clearly that I was not allowed to gyrate on the glass because <laughs> because right, it used to be a joke to do that to whoever was in the penalty box because that was right where our seats were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got um, yelled at. Yeah, I remember seeing you guys over there shirtless, <laughs> wondering how the kid could ever stand to be in. I have lots of insulation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of my favorite things to watch when you talk about people with their shirts off at the arena is when they spell technological out. Oh, yeah. You know, why bother with just MTU? Let's spell out all of technological. Yeah, it depends how many friends you have today. Right, yeah. Right? <laughs> how far we can go. It's nice that we have a lot of different choices. MTU, Michigan Tech, technological, depending on how many people. Yep. And thankfully, technological does all fit like the sections wide enough. Right. right? Yeah. I wonder, you got to be getting close there. To yeah, not, I think not we fitting. are pretty close to the end. Yeah. One, the other famous story is, I don't know whether I can tell this or not, but um, Scott was four years old, and he would be down in the locker room during practice sessions. And um, John, and I think John used some of these things. Um he said, you guys have to stop swearing so much in the locker room because the other... <laughs> Scott's picking it up. Scott was picking it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't ever remember this happening, but John, this was John's story. Because at dinner time, Scott said, please pass the effing butter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then I, he would go to the guys and say, Jerry says it's time for a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and I I don't remember ever saying that. So he would he would use us. That's funny. I just um the other night putting my daughter to bed, we usually watch like dog TikTok videos oh, or yeah. Instagram reels, whatever. And one of the ones that came up was this little girl standing at the the back door pointing outside like, that's an effing goat. And sure. the mom's like, no, it's just a goat. Yeah. She's like, no, that's an effing goat. And then they pan, and there's just a goat eating their grass on the like, side backyard. Yeah, little kids so will absorb things like sponges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Joe Buckovich, who is a great guy, um, used to be down at practice with the guys, too. And uh, they would uh, 
he'd have a shootout with some of the players after the practice session okay. was over and whatnot. And, uh, and of course, uh, Scott and Patty both learned to skate down there at the rink. And uh, Patty remembers pushing a chair, one of these old um, soda fountain chairs with the wires, you know. Sure. And John told her to push that around, you know, she could help her stand up. Yeah. And uh, back several years ago, uh, Scott and his wife stopped in, in, in on their way to Minnesota and uh, went into an antique shop and they saw this chair. Sure, the same style. <laughs> so they bought it for Patty and, and gave it to her for her presence. And she still has it. <laughs> I can distinct the, the, the chair skating story yeah. resonates. So I still remember being at a skate with the Huskies, being really young, not knowing how well to skate, and Randy Stevens taking mm-hmm. me around as a little kid, showing me how to skate with a chair when I was yeah. probably like, I don't have to do the math and find it when he was at school, but mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere around that young age of learning how to skate too. It's, uh, I was talking to somebody a little bit ago and uh, saying that the after practice was over, the guys had to redo the ice. Oh, sure. They had to flood themselves. The and scrape yeah. sure, and sure. barrel. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And they said, is that the way they had to do it? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't understand that there weren't any Zambonians yeah. at the most. <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. I can't imagine a player today's reaction to, to being asked to, to have scrape a, and scrape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and as I said, most of the guys had to work. Yeah. Because yeah. they were in those scholarships. And uh, that was um, how the, they got going on the Huskies Club because they were, North Dakota was trying to take some of our guys they had a better offer. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so John got together with some of the businessmen in the area, Clem Banfield and Wings Gunlock and uh, the president of the Houghton Bank, and they got the Huskies Club going. Sure, sure. And so... Well, the guys that still was, are. The guys are still working now. I know the Pietola brothers painted my neighbor's house or my dad's house, uh, neighbor's house. So yeah. they're they're doing. It's that's not dead all the way. <laughs> no. Yeah. They're well, the scholarship going. doesn't give you spending money. Correct. So. <laughs> it gets you school money. It doesn't. It doesn't cover past that. Yeah. And I know we have some NLIs, but not a ton. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I remember uh, a prof and his wife uh, setting up a book uh, scholarship. You know, okay. So sure. they could buy yeah. their books and things yeah. like that. So. Yeah, it take, takes a lot of people <laughs> to, yeah. to make well, things go. It's a whole community, right? Yeah. Certainly is, is still there and going strong. Yeah. You got any other questions? We got one more, okay. and we've talked around this a little bit, but Nathan Fibke, one of our uh, sponsors, asked, uh, what's your favorite winter carnival memory? Oh, boy. Well, winter carnival used to be um, playing for the Governor's Cup. And the governor's wife came up one year and presented the cup, and I can't remember which governor it was now. <laughs> but, uh, and, yeah, as far as the games are concerned, they're always a big one for us. Mm-hmm. And we hate to lose the Winter Carnival. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there were years when um, the Blue Key had asked me to, to start getting giving the trophy mm-hmm. at Winter Carnival. And then when I wasn't here, Scott did it, and he said, they always lose when I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's going to be back on the job this year. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. 
That was my swan song last year. So. Okay. At my age, I we yeah. Don't. We when we were when we were first talking about trying to do this this week, I was like trying to get your Hall of Fame thing to come mm-hmm. up, and I was like trying to figure out how old you were, and I was like, "Wow, she she's older than I thought." Like just like I didn't, you know, I, my you know, so much of life these days is like realizing that 1995 wasn't 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you're like. And then you're like, well, yeah, that's right. John started in 56. So like, and you were probably close to each other in age. And, and you are from what Cal said when I talked yeah. to him. But it was like, not like, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Cause we, we talked, we've wanted to do this for a while. And, and Beth Lynn is actually the one that kind of pushed me to want to do this a couple of years ago um, when we started the podcast. But it's always been like, well, we're obviously not going to get you to join a Zoom and talk over the computer like we might be able to pull that off but (laughs) it's a lot easier to do this but we aren't up here a day ahead of time very often um because it's a lot to take an extra day of vacation (laughs) and 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 drive all the way up here and spend an extra i know you don't have to but another 200 bucks on a hotel uh, just uh, say i'm taking my old bedroom back for the night and i'm good (laughs) yeah yeah that works out for you so i I really appreciate it and i've enjoyed it very much and no it's awesome thank uh, you for inviting us in i'm glad you got here when you did (laughs) yeah yeah but we have here in the bluffs uh we just had uh a uh, gentleman that celebrated his 100th birthday and another one next month will yep. be 100. And so anyway, um, so, I'm I'm very fortunate when I look around, Yeah. even though I complain a lot about aging. <laughs> <laughs> you said you traveled a lot after John passed. Mm-hmm. What kept you in the copper country? Well... I guess it, it was home. Yeah. <laughs> and Scott lived here, of course. We had the house on the lake. And uh, I had, as I said, there for a while I was going to Arizona in the wintertime. So that helped. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I don't, do not have any close relatives back where I was born in Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, so it was... It's not a bad place to call home no. up here. No, I, 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 after, so we, after sixty some years, it's home. Yeah. yeah, no, I love it up here, and I did not expect the colors to be this gorgeous. This, this is weekend. a perfect like, this weekend is perfect. to come home. Like, yeah. usually, had, this time of year is a little late, and oh, it's not this year at all. It's been a very strange fall. Yeah, we haven't had a heavy frost yet. Yeah, and it's usually the middle of September. Yeah, sometime. Yeah. And, yeah, I always time it with know, hockey season. Colors is usually the last weekend of September up here. The, the last couple, like when hockey season starts is when you get that last few like good weekends of warm. And then, yeah. then it moves into, you know, the winter we all know and love. Yeah. <laughs> I understand the Keweenaw and Twin Lakes area and whatnot are, are a little more advanced. But um, I think it was the, the rain that we had this sure. year. Yeah, yeah, along with the lack of frost. Yeah, yeah, it's and, it's beautiful outside. I'm hoping to go walk in the woods for a while tomorrow morning, looking and for birds. Unfortunately, <laughs> my grandchildren and my great grandchildren are all out west. Yeah, oh, they've all moved out that way. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that where work is. I mean, I'm down in Wisconsin yeah. for the same reason, right? I mean, if I could stay up here and work up here, I would. But well, the the ones in Seattle and the ones in Denver are enjoying the mountains and sure. 
the things that they have there. As a matter of fact, I talked to my granddaughter last night. She just came home from a long weekend hiking the Grand Canyon. Nice. <laughs> well, that's a good way to spend the yeah. weekend, too. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know one of my best friends lives in Denver, and we've had this debate forever that I will choose a lake every time. Over the mountains. And he will choose the mountains yeah. every time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he and I, has got both. They're not yeah. quite... Yeah. They're not quite as big, but... Yeah, Yeah, because I was born and raised on Lake Erie. Oh, okay. And so when I got to Ann Arbor and there was a lake yeah. <laughs> within a mile. <laughs> yeah, where do you go? Uh, yeah. Well, and, now you're nice and close to a yeah. different Great so, Lake, the greatest I'm, one. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm yeah. near the Great Lakes again. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much oh. for inviting us in and giving us the opportunity to talk to you about Well, this, this has been a lot of fun and recalling a lot of memories. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't remember them all. Oh, <laughs> well, that's okay, but it's better to get that. some down than nothing, right? <laughs> so thank I'm, you so much for doing this. We appreciate I'm it. very Thanks. welcome. One minute remaining in the podcast. That should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons that are white level or above receive question priority black level or above receive access to extra podcast content including extended versions of every podcast patrons at the gold level or above receive unfiltered youtube video of our podcast each week and then we've got one level above that where you get the raw audio released almost as soon as i can get it up after we record so you'll be listening here at you know 11 o'clock on monday night follow us on twitter at chasing mac pod or at tech hockey guide uh, you can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to submit to or subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're new to this or you're looking for a new way to do it, please try and use Spotify because that one gets us the most commercial money for any commercials that run on the podcast. If you can't find the podcast, uh, find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people you can reach. So tell your friends. If you give us a five-star rating, Dustin will read the review no matter what you say. So let's get some more ratings. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Arcadia Insurance, covering most of the Midwest, including Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, I think Ohio, and Livonia Technical Services out of Livonia, Michigan. And finally, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha